Blog Talk Radio. everyone and welcome to the Pet Place Radio Show. I'm Marie Hewlett and I hope everyone is adjusting to fall. My pets have finally stopped shedding. So, barring any more heat waves, I can wear dark clothes safely again. Pet people, I know you know what I'm talking about. And it's got nothing to do with fashion. Speaking of fashion, Christy Metropole from the Stray Cat Alliance will be taking on a topic that is always in style, and that would be doing your part to put an end to pet overpopulation. Then a little later on the agenda, Christine Franco from the Irvine Animal Care Center has some big news about her shelter's annual Home for the Holidays event, which is just around the corner. We'll get started right after a quick pet place break here on AM 1260. Welcome back. You're listening to the Pet Place Radio Show on AM 1260. I'm Marie Hewitt, and I am very pleased to welcome Christy Metropole, the Executive Director of the Stray Cat Alliance, to the program. Hi, Christy. Thanks for joining us today. Well, thank you for having me. The Stray Cat Alliance. Let's start by telling everybody what exactly your organization is. Uh, We are an organization uh, based in Southern California, although we seem to help people all over the place. Mm -hmm. And we are a trap, neuter, return uh, advocacy organization. That's our primary focus, spay and neuter, helping community cats, free-roaming cats, be spayed and neutered, fed and treated medically and also advocating for them when schools, universities, alleys, businesses want to exterminate them, trap them, and take them to the pound. We advocate that the cats need to be spayed and neutered and returned to where they are. Okay. Uh, that's the best way of dealing with the population, and it's the only humane way, and it's the only way of keeping cat populations down. What kind of response do you get from people who are really opposed to having cats on universities or public property, any kind of place where they feel it's a health hazard or a a nuisance? What do you say to people who are opposed to keeping the cats there? It's a really good question, and every situation is different. But a perfect example is the university, UCLA, Mm -hmm. in, in Westwood. When I was a student there, there were upwards two, three hundred cats. They were everywhere. There was no TNR program, and I didn't even know, <clears throat> excuse me, why they were there. And a couple of years later, some students got together with a university professor from the law school, and they started a TNR program where everybody got spayed and neutered, and the friendly cats and kittens got placed into adoption agencies. And now they hold steady at about fifteen to twenty cats when a new cat comes into the colony, that if it's friendly, if he or she is friendly, they're placed, and if they're feral, they're spayed and neutered and put back. When I say feral, I mean unsocialized. Yeah. And I'll also explain that unsocialized to one person can be socialized to another. So that's sure. a very sort of nebulous. So that's a perfect example of how well it can work if the bureaucracy sees the incredible um, benefits of trap neuter return instead of 
if they had decided to trap those cats and bring them to the pound where they would be killed, mm-hmm. they would still be doing it today. Right. They would be killing thousands more at taxpayer expense. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a shame. I remember when I went to Cal State Long Beach, there were always lots of kitties roaming the, the campus, and, and I actually loved it, and I know a lot of people put food out for them, and some of them were pretty friendly, and you could pet them. Mm-hmm. I did feel sad that they were relegated to a life of just living outside without a family to love them, but uh, the alternative isn't very right, good Right, the either. alternative, but, <clears throat> excuse me, a lot, you know, a lot of people think that, but a lot of cats do really well outside. They have their own family structures and their own social systems, and, you know, they are domestic animals, whether they're feral or whatever you want to call them. Mm-hmm. They're still a domestic animal. They still rely on humans for food and medical attention and mm-hmm. shelter, mm-hmm. especially in the, in the winter. Okay. But a lot of cats do really well outside um, with good human intervention. They, they have a really good life, and sometimes, you know, many people call them their cat. You know, the cat that has five five homes and one block and you know yeah yeah i was wondering you know you mentioned the word feral and and you talked about how a lot of people have different definitions for what that might mean i think any cat can become a happy house cat i had the wildest feral kitten that shredded everybody in sight and she really didn't change in personality until she had lived with me for about two or three years I think every cat eventually can be rehabilitated if it has love and attention and care. And you mentioned that a lot of these kitties do get placed into homes. Does anybody ever try and adopt some of the more wild-behaving cats, and, and do you help facilitate that and maybe give them some tips and advice on patience? <laughs> yeah. Those are, that's a, those are all really excellent questions, and from from a from a thirty thousand degree, you know, look at the whole issue, <clears throat> there's probably upwards of a hundred, um, maybe a hundred million free roaming cats in the United States. Wow! And there probably isn't a home for every one of them. And when I mean home, I mean our traditional home that we think of. But where they live is their home. Mm-hmm. So so if we spent all our time taking every you know, unsocialized cat and making them socialized. Mm-hmm. We would be spending years and years on that one cat, and maybe they would spend quite a few years of their life being really unhappy and afraid. And, mm-hmm. yes, I have seen it all. I have seen the most unsocialized, vicious cat become a purr bunny. Mm-hmm. And I've seen kittens that we've raised since they were teeny, and they're just not friendly. So I've seen it all. But I think what's really important is the big picture that is the advocacy and the spay and neuter of these cats. Where so do you get the money to have all these animals spayed and neutered? Well, we as an organization raise money. We have wonderful donors. Of course, we're always looking for more donors. Mm-hmm. Because the more money, the more animals we can spay and neuter. There's a lot of programs in Southern California. Uh, we now have our Ice Spayed LA program. What is that? Well, we're focusing on South Central Los Angeles because... Mm-hmm. People are very impoverished there. They're working three and four jobs if they can get them. They don't have cars. They don't have computers. And there's very few vet services down there. So we are offering free spay and neuter for any cat in the 937 zip code. We're also helping cat anybody in the south central area with, all, with spay and neuter. We will find them the money. And there, we use the Animal Rescue Center, which is right down there. It's basically the only vet 
the only local for that in the neighborhood. Wow. And they do a really good job. Mm-hmm. And we also have trappers going out to Stray Cat Alliance on the weekend, trapping as much as they can. But our goal is to really empower people to do this themselves. We give them traps, we give them know-how, and we pay for it. Okay. matter of fact, on November 19th, we're having a big get out the spay neuter method. We're hoping to get 100-plus volunteers to walk the streets of South Central handing out vouchers and handing out flyers about our program. Wow, that's amazing. Do you need volunteers for that? Absolutely, we need volunteers for that and many other things. We love volunteers and we welcome them. How can somebody get involved if they wanted to help out? If they go to www.straycatalliance.org and there's our contact page, they can fill it out and there's a little check that they want to volunteer. Mm-hmm. And we'll have Paige Hodges, who is our wonderful volunteer director, she will get in touch with them. Wow, it sounds like a very worthwhile cause, and I suspect a lot of listeners might be interested in helping you out there. But I have a question for you. How did you get involved in all of this? It's a great question, too, because I don't know sometimes you don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, it was 13, 14 years ago, and I found a kitten in my apartment building in Brentwood. And she was she was unsocialized. I couldn't catch her. She was running around. And it was so difficult to get information and get a trap. I finally did it because I'm tenacious. I trapped her. I stayed her. And I tamed her. And I kept her. And she's still my cat. Aww. And her name is <laughs> Chloe. And I love her. I love her so much. Aww. And then I had a friend who had, a, who had a friend who had like 30 cats in her backyard. And I said, sure, I can go help. Mm-hmm. And I went in the backyard. And there was like 25, 30 kittens. Dead no. kittens, sick kittens. Oh, I've no. never seen anything like it. And now, unfortunately, I've seen it many times. And I was like, well, we have to get everybody spayed and neutered. And it took so, just to find a trap, just to find a place that would spay and neuter them, just to find the money was so much work. And I did it because I'm tenacious. Mm-hmm. And I got all the kittens placed. I got all the adults spayed and neutered. That's and wonderful. I thought, well, you know, if I had an organization that made it easier for people because people, most people are not like me. Mm-hmm. They don't follow through the way I do. But if I had an organization that made it easier for people to get involved, maybe more people would get involved. Wow. And so you started the organization. Tell me tell me that process. How difficult was it to well, get it all started? <laughs> it didn't happen as a vision of a big picture. It sort of happened in steps. Mm-hmm. So then I did that project, and then I was trapping for people, and I just liked trapping and staying and neutering. And then someone said, well, what if I buy you 20 traps? And I was like, what would I do with 20 traps? Like, I didn't have any vision for that. Uh-huh. But then one of my friends said, well, I'll hold the trap, and when people need them, they'll come to me, and I'll teach them how to use it. Well, probably 500 traps later, <laughs> you know, that's what that's one of the things we do. So if anybody wants to humanely trap for spay-neuter purposes or medical purposes, we can loan them a trap. We have six trap depots, one in Covina, some in San Fernando Valley, in the west side. Um, We have them all in uh, Temple City. We have them all over. Uh And uh, we teach people how to use the traps, and we find them a veterinarian. And that's that part of what we do. Uh, We have really good traps, and and people need that hands-on training because, they can really be daunting. They don't know what to do. Sure. And that's sort of the genesis of, then, of course, I, need, I realized I needed to raise money for spay and neuter, and I needed to raise money. And now we have a hotline with two staff on the hotline. Wow. We, get, we, put, we helped over 4,000 cats last year just on our hotline 
getting them to vets, getting them proper information. People will call us all the time and say, animal control just cited me, and they said I should stop feeding the cats, and we say no. Mm-hmm. We need to feed the cats. That is cruelty to animals, and we teach them how to feed more responsibly, how to spay and neuter, how to move the food, keep the area very clean. Mm-hmm. Um, so so it's very, it's been very successful, and it's far-reaching. That is fantastic. I am so impressed. Well, what kind of plans do you have for the future? Do you have any special fundraising events? Let's let's tell uh, everybody um, about what you're doing. That's awesome. So on December 15th, check our website at straycatalliance.org. We're having another Wine and Whiskers event. Uh, it's at a wine bar called 55 Degrees Below. Mm-hmm. And it's $35, and you get lots of wine and food in a wine cellar, and you get to um, mingle with other animal lovers. And it's going to be really fun. And we also, if you sign up for our e-newsletters on our website, we send out e-blasts, and we'll tell you all the details about that. And all that money is going to help um, our Ice Fade Away program. That sounds fantastic. I wish you huge success with that. We have just a minute, and I want to ask you one question. I know a lot of people right now are facing hard economic times and have to move and and often will move without taking their cats. Can you give them some advice so that they don't make a decision like that? Uh, Yeah, that is a huge issue right now. First of all, and I'm not condoning this, but if you leave your cat behind, please make sure they're spayed or neutered because the worst thing is you leave your cat behind and they have multiple litters and now you have a colony of 30. Mm-hmm. It's little as a year or two. But, and, and the shelters are not a good place because the statistics are 70% of cats are killed in shelters. So mm-hmm. 7 out of 10 do not make it out of a shelter alive. I actually think the numbers are higher. It's probably 8 out of 10. So 10 beautiful cats, 8 of them will never leave that shelter alive to make. So the shelters are not. So we really ask people to really consider taking their cats with them, that there isn't a pie-in-the-sky sanctuary, and putting the burden on someone else in this economy is really tough. But if you have to, there are networking um, websites where you can post in your area, go to your local rescue group that's maybe at a Petco or a PetSmart and start talking to them and asking them if you can bring your cat, if you can make flyers, if you can be really careful on Craigslist, you really have to charge some money because there's bunchers, which are people who get cats and dogs for fighting and for laboratories, and you won't know that they are. They look like the average Joe. Mm-hmm. If you charge $50, then it's not worth it for them. Okay. So there's lots of ways, but it does take time. But remember, your animal's life is in your hands. Right. And people usually know if they're going to be losing their home, and they have some time. So don't wait until the last moment before you start planning to try and find a new home for your pet if it seems like that's going to be the avenue you have to take. That's that's excellent. I couldn't agree more. I mean, I'm also a realtor, so I know it takes people have many, 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 many months mm-hmm. before they get before they get foreclosed on, and I would say start now. Definitely. Christy, it's always a pleasure talking with animal advocates such as yourself, so I want to thank you for stopping by the Pet Place this morning. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. We need to take a quick station break, but don't go away. We'll be back with Christine Franco from the Irvine Animal Care Center and their upcoming Home for the Holidays event, so stay tuned to the Pet Place radio show, and we'll hear all about it after these short messages here on AM 1260. 
there's no place like home for the holiday. You are listening to the Pet Place Radio Show on AM 1260. I'm Marie Hewlett, and joining me now is the always charming Christine Franco from the Irvine Animal Care Center. Good morning, Christine. Hi, Marie. Hi, everyone. How's everything going over at your animal shelter? Everything's going great over here. We're busy as usual getting geared up for the holidays and some of our upcoming events. I know that you're having your big Home for the Holidays event. Tell me, when is that this year? Our fifth annual Home for the Holidays will be Saturday, December 3rd here at the shelter from 10 to 3, and we're so excited about it. Since it's our fifth annual, we're really hoping to push the envelope and find as many homes for these animals as possible. Hopefully, we'll hit the goal of 400 this year. Wow. What's been your record so far for all your big adoption events? I have 325 so far. Well, so. even even that is huge. And it's not just your facility that participates. You invite shelters and rescue organizations from all over to come on down, don't you? Yes, we do. We are very unique, and you often won't hear of other shelters bringing in other um, animal groups and rescue shelters because it takes away from our animals. But here at Irvine, we really want to promote that all animals are homeless during the seasons, and we really need to find homes for all of them. So we use our facility. We invite these other groups to showcase their animals here um, in Irvine to find as many homes as possible. So that's why it's such a huge success. And we get rescue groups and shelters that come, you know, as far as four hours away um, to come to this event. That is so cool. And another thing I like about the Irvine Shelter is you actually make a practice of going to other shelters and rescues and picking up animals that those shelters or rescues can't place and give them a second chance at your facility. Oh, absolutely. That's actually called our Third Chance Program, and that program's been in effect here for 10 years now, and we recently just passed our 5,000 mark as far as 5,000 animals transferred in under that program. Wow. Yeah, that's great. But just to give you a little bit how it works, what we do is we go to um, higher-volume animal shelters, shelters that house a lot of animals, and we take um, dogs, cats, rabbits, anything that um, may not find a home and bring them here to Irvine for a chance at adoption. And we call it third chance because essentially when the animal was first in their home, that was their first chance at permanent forever home. Mm-hmm. When they ended up at that shelter, that was their second chance at finding their permanent forever home. So now at Irvine, it's their third chance. And it oh, doesn't I mean see. third strike or anything like that. We will keep them here. <laughs> That's a big misconception, but mm-hmm. we will keep them here until we find that forever home for them so we're very dedicated to that program and we we generally rely on the support of our community for that since it's funded uh, mostly through donations wow that's wonderful and i know you have a big volunteer and community base at the shelter can you talk about volunteering Oh, yes. You know, some of our programs are so successful because of our volunteer program. We have over 500 volunteers that dedicate their time to the shelter, whether it be foster homes, coming to exercise and groom our animals, bake sales, working our special events. Um, We have a huge family here um, that's interconnected with our staff, and they do so many great things for us, transporting our animals, picking them up for the Third Chance program, 
so many things. We take um, volunteers that are 18 and over. You can sign up through our website. It's a real easy process. Mm-hmm. Um, we have just a short time commitment that we ask just so that they can stay up to date on procedures and so forth. But it's great to be part of the family. We always have food. We're always feeding everybody. So if you need to put on a few pounds, it's definitely the place to be. Or if you just want to hang out with a bunch of furry friends, too. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and we have people that come here on a daily basis just to distress and pet the cats or walk the dogs, get their exercise, whatever it may be, and the animals love it. They look forward to it. So you could actually lose weight because you're out walking the dogs. Absolutely. So you can come and munch on some food and then take the dogs for a walk and, and don't feel guilty about adding those extra pounds. I wish I had abide by that rule, but no. (laughs) Hey, I know you guys really go all out when it comes to your Home for the Holidays event, and you get everything all decorated beautifully. Your facility already looks like a park. Tell me what kind of special things you have planned as far as decorations, entertainment, vendors that are going to be there with holiday gifts. Give me the whole scoop. Well, essentially, probably a couple, well, actually, probably December Actually, that's, you know, just before the event. In the next couple weeks or so, a bunch of volunteers will come in and they'll start putting up the holiday the holiday decorations. We're getting ready to launch our holiday mailer where it will get mailed out to families um, and past donors. They usually send back an ornament that they decorate that goes on the tree in the shelter and is displayed throughout um, the grounds. So you'll see a lot of um, wonderful things that make the shelter festive to get ready for our big events and to carry us through till January. But at our Home for the Holidays event, what's so exciting, is not only do we have over 400 animals that will be available for adoption, but some of these vendors that come in, they have human and animal-related products, and they usually have great things that are unique gift ideas during the holiday season. Mm -hmm. And because it's a charity event and it's a fundraiser for the shelter, oftentimes they sell some of their items that reduce pricing. We have a silent auction that we have here for the shelter, and it's great, great for holiday gifts. I do a lot of shopping at our silent auction, (laughs) all the proceeds. That is one probably prefer that I do don't, but all those proceeds come back to help our animals here at the shelter. So it's well worth it. When people come here, they know they can get great gifts um, for themselves, their family and friends, and the money that they're spending on it goes to support the animals and the cause here um, at the shelter. We'll also have our Ask the Vet and Ask the Trainer booth, so you Mm -hmm. can come and talk to a veterinarian and get free um, medical advice for your pet. You can also get free training advice for your pet. So that's not something you find... um, anywhere, especially when it has free attached to it. So it's a great place to get some of those things, as well as our low-cost microchips. We will be doing microchips for your personal pet for $25, which is pretty good price. So Mm -hmm. definitely worth uh, the trip down here. How about entertainment? Are you going to have anything uh, special planned this year or any uh, special visitors coming by? You know, I'm not too sure if we will or not. We're keeping that a secret for now because we want it to be a surprise. (laughs) Um, But we'll have more updates on that as the time draws near. Okay, so they should probably check your website. What is your website for our listeners? Our website is irvineshelter.org, and a lot of our events are listed on our front page. If not, you can click the red tab that says events, and it will give you all the information about what type of events we have and the details, as well as our calendar. It tells you what dates we're having things going on, and we're usually always doing something here at the shelter. Okay. And another great thing as we think about holiday gifts is you have something that you do year-round, and and that has to do with sponsoring animals. But what a cool gift idea this year if you wanted to sponsor an animal in the name of a friend or family member. 
Oh, absolutely. It's a great new program we've launched, and so far we've had quite a few people sign up as gifts for family and friends. You can do uh, one of two things or both. We have our animal sponsorship program where for just $20 a month you can sponsor a dog or cat or rabbit, and every month we'll send you an update with the pet that you're sponsoring, how they're doing. We'll let you know when they've been adopted, and when they've been adopted, you get a new pet. So it's a great way knowing that the money you're donating goes to help that pet while it's staying here at the shelter. Another program that's really, really awesome is our kennel and um, play yard sponsorship. Mm-hmm. What you can do is sponsor um, a kennel or play yard for dogs, cats, rabbits, and then you have we have a placard that will make an honor of you, and it can state whatever you want, whether it be for your business or family and friends, and it will hang on the animal's kennel or that play yard for six months to a year. Mm-hmm. So it's a great way to advertise your business, and it's also a great way to either memorialize a friend, whether it be a human friend or a pet, or honor somebody special in your life. Well, Christine, it is always so much fun chatting with you, and I wish you great success with your upcoming event. Thanks for being here today. Thanks, Marie, and thanks for all your support as well. You're very welcome. Well, we need to take one last break, but we'll be back momentarily, so please stay tuned to the Pet Place Radio Show here on AM 1260. We're back on the Pet Place Radio Show. I'm Marie Hewlett, and it's time for some Pet Place news and events. On Saturday, November 19th, our old friends at Animal Acres are honoring turkeys. At the thankful turkey celebration to be held at their farm animal sanctuary, located at 5200 Escondido Canyon Road in Acton. Celebrate with veg pilgrims and feed a turkey rather than eat one. A delectable vegan meal will be served to all participants. Advanced reservations are required, and it's just $45 per person. For more info, visit animalacres.org. And as always, I encourage you to check out our Pet Place website at petplace.org to find out more Pet Place news. And once there, click on the contact link and say hi or give us some suggestions for topics you'd like to hear discussed on the show. That's all for me today. Remember, pets need love and a home, too. We'll be back next weekend here on AM 1260. I'm Marie Hewlett. Please spay or neuter your pets and have a wonderful day. Bye.